Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Lois is a relatively healthy 57-year-old female patient of yours who returns for a checkup. She takes an ARB for her essential hypertension, but otherwise takes no other meds. Today, she notes that she's been taking 2,000 international units of vitamin D every day and would like to have her level checked. She's active with a normal BMI, and she jogs or rides her exercise bike almost every day. She has never smoked, and then will have a glass of wine or two a couple nights a week, but that's it. You note that she is at very low risk for developing osteoporosis. Should you check a 25-hydroxy vitamin D level in her, or just tell her to stop the vitamin D, because it may not help prevent osteoporosis? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today to discuss vitamin D and osteoporosis is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and the founding chair from the Department of Family Medicine at the UMass Medical School, Bay State, located in Springfield, Massachusetts. Ah, Bob, vitamin D, a topic close to my heart. Yeah, it's amazing. Vitamin D seems to be one of those topics that's just out there. Frank, it's great to be back here talking about this. So, you know, this all started, I was looking at this because a year ago, the uh, Preventive Services Task Force said uh, insufficient evidence to assess the balance of benefits and harms from screening for vitamin D deficiency. So, you know, sort of don't do it. And this was now, part of that was because of the studies out there not showing clear benefits from vitamin D supplementations. And this is just a fascinating study that just came out here and was published. It was actually a randomized control study here and where they actually looked at the use of vitamin D on fracture outcomes. And to use this, this was an ancillary review of the VITAL trial. The VITAL trial, by the way, was a vitamin D and omega-3 trial looking at supplementation for prevention of cancer and cardiovascular disease, not specifically set up to look at fracture risk, but they did a sub-study out of this. And what happened in that trial, the uh, folks were on supplemental vitamin D3, 2,000 units a day, or omega-3 fatty acids a gram daily, again, looking at the primary prevention for cancer and cardiovascular disease. They chose that dose, by the way, because that would achieve a mean 25-hydroxy vitamin D level of approximately 40 which is thought to be where health balance for folks that were there. So this ancillary study they did examined the effects of supplemental vitamin D looking at incidental fractures. And there were almost 26,000 men and women that were in this uh, study and they followed them over, over five uh, years. So rather than looking at cancer or cardiovascular disease endpoints, their primary endpoint was fracture. All right. So this was a sub-analysis of the vital trial. Yeah. So this is really, uh, really interesting. Partly the way they did this is they had people initially had uh, reported fractures on annual questionnaires. And so if they reported the fracture, they were sent an authorization form asking if folks could have access to the medical records. That was to confirm the fracture data that was there and also to answer some additional questions about what was going on. So they ended up having a total of 87% of the 
participants who had reported a fracture consented to the medical record review, and they ended up confirming almost 2,000 fractures in the group. Then they went back and they looked at the groupings. The groups were four different groups, those that were on vitamin D and omega-3s, those were on vitamin D and a placebo, those were at omega-3 and a placebo or placebo, uh, placebo. And the characteristics were balanced between all the trial groups. The mean age, 67 plus or minus seven years, half were women, half were men, 20% were black. The mean BMI was 28 plus or minus uh, 5.7%. Couple of interesting facts as you look at the, the group that they studied, almost 5% of them were actually taking osteoporotic medication at baseline. 10% of them though had a history of a fragility fracture. And also at baseline, 42% were taking vitamin D supplements already, 800 international units per day. 20% were also taking calcium supplements of 1,200 milligrams per day. They measured baseline vitamin D level, and the baseline level was pretty good. It was 30, plus or minus uh, 10. However, they were able to tease out that a small percentage, 410 pe 401 people, had levels less than 12, and 12% 12 of the total sample size had levels less than 20. They followed the two-year blood samples looking at vitamin D levels. And two years out, those who were taking vitamin D, their levels had increased a little bit to 41.2, and they decreased to 29 in those that were on the placebo group. So indeed, taking 2,000 units a day got you that 40-year mark, a 40 nanogram level within the groups. No changes at all in, in serum calcium levels in either of those groups, though. All right. So they did a very, very specific study and they controlled things quite well. What did they find? Yeah. Well, again, this was only over five and a half years, which I think is important to recognize. So they actually found no significant effect on first incident fractures over that time, whether you were on placebo or vitamin D. There were 769 fractures in the vitamin D group, 782 fractures in the matched placebo group and hip fractures were similar as well. There were 57 hip fractures in the vitamin D group, 56 in the placebo group. And there was no effect modification when they looked at the age, sex, race, or ethnic group, BMI, or whether people were, had personally been taking supplemental calcium or vitamin D. And it has been suggested that the benefit of the supplementation was probably in those with the lowest vitamin D um, levels. And of course, most of the folks in this study were perfectly fine. They started at, uh, again, the mean baseline was already 30 plus or minus 10. But the study was large enough they could tease out and they could look at those folks that had the very low levels. So amazing to me, they found no benefit for supplementation in that relatively small number of participants, so it was 400 of them, with baseline vitamin D levels less than 12. And additionally, they found no effect modification seen in the 20% who were also taking supplemental calcium. Now, I would have thought those with the lowest vitamin D levels certainly would have had a benefit out of this. So it kind of leads to the conclusion that while vitamin D clearly plays an important role in bone metabolism, doesn't appear to be the key factor here in looking at fracture risk. Their conclusion looking at this, again, it was a large randomized control trial among U.S. adults. Now, they were not selected on the basis of anything related to vitamin D bone mass or osteoporosis. So these were relatively healthy individuals in the use of the vitamin D, 2,000 international units daily without co-administering calcium did not result 
in a lower risk of major osteoporotic fractures. Well, I always have lots of hope for vitamin D, and I guess this data, while disappointing, does speak clearly that just five years of, of vitamin D supplementation isn't going to help fracture risk. Uh, what are we going to do in our practice, Bob? Yeah, you know, Frank, I've been struggling with not even checking vitamin D levels since the Preventive Service Task Force recommendations came out uh, last year. But at this point, it appears it's time to stop checking levels, stop recommending routine vitamin D supplementation for most patients. But I got to tell you, I'm going to continue to recommend this for older women who are at high risk for developing osteoporosis. Don't see a lot of harms in this. And again, this study wasn't looking specifically at that, uh, at that population. And uh, to me, in my mind, they're the ones that are highest uh, risk for poor outcomes. I think I agree with you, Bob. I think I'll probably follow that same path and, and hopefully that someone will do a 10-year study and maybe there'll be some benefit. Thanks. Thanks for discussing this today. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. Vitamin D supplementation has no benefit in the primary prevention of COVID-19, heart disease, cancer, or for fractures and otherwise healthy individuals. Join us next time when we talk about the limited role of genetic testing when initiating treatment for depression. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.